Welcome to The Recognition. My name's Neely. I'm here, of course, with Kaylee Savona. Kaylee, happy holidays. Happy holidays, Neely. Hey, happy holidays. So uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, before we jump into part two of our conversation with Christy Harold, uh, we did want to make a little bit of an announcement of what the next year holds for us. Um, so beginning on January 2nd, we will go to every other week. Um, Kaylee's got some fun, exciting new responsibilities around here. Uh, and of course, we're growing and in moving and shaking over here. So uh, we want to make sure that the quality of these conversations and these podcasts and the information that we're bringing to you um, is still meeting our standards uh, and not, you know, mailed in, as they say. So uh, beginning next year, every other week, um, but excited for for those changes and, and what that might mean for the quality content. Um, still have great guests line up uh, in 2024. It's going to be very strong. Uh, we'll continue to, you know, also provide any real-time updates and reports and, and things of that nature. So um, nothing should be changing in the in the quality of the content, uh, just the frequency of that. Yeah, I think it makes sense for us. Like you said, we're growing and that's really exciting. Um, and I think it's only going to make our episodes even stronger every week. So stay tuned for some really good episodes in 2024. Perfect. Yeah. So we are going to enjoy some time with family. So uh, we will take the next week off and then we'll see you next year uh, on January 2nd. Woohoo. Yeah. Here is part two of our conversation with Christy Harold. So, Christy, thank you for that. I, you know, I'm not sure anyone would argue uh, about the benefits of retention and engagement, creativity and innovation, and uh, the improvements of mental and physical health. I suppose my head goes to, you know, you mentioned the spectrum of disengagement in the workplace. That's a, that's a reality, right? Maybe a third of your workforce is engaged and is there and is present and is actively ready to work and do their best. But then you've got you know two thirds that are either disengaged or actively disengaged, like you said, poisoning the, the culture there. How are you how are you making an impact there with some of these events or some of these you know tactics that you're going to put into the workplace to you know try to trigger a little bit more play at work? Because you know at the end of the day, if it is a voluntary Thursday night at kickball, uh, the employee that is disengaged that feels kind of like a waffle. It feels like uh, I might not choose to spend my time that way. And if you're actively disengaged, it's like, first of all, they probably aren't saying no in the first place. But if they are, do you really want them there uh, in this environment where, you know, you've got people that are trying to connect in more meaningful ways, um, but are really going to be more of a, a negative influence than a positive one? So I guess, you know, what are some of the tricks or, or what are the things that you've seen to get higher levels of engagement and participation from those that, you know, according to survey data are mostly disengaged from their workplace? So, yeah, you, I mean, I, I do think any kind of fun that you're offering, whether it's a corporate sports team, whether it's a company choir, like play some music together, or a company rock band, you know, a company book club, which is something we do a jam every two months. Like, you, ideally, you have an assortment of, of things for people to do. It, it shouldn't just be all sports because sports isn't for everybody, right? Um, so you have a, a bunch of offerings. It should all be optional. Hopefully what often will happen is there might be some naysayers who are like, I'm not going to play on that kickball team. That sounds stupid. Or I'm not doing book club. This is, you know, I don't want to go to lunch and, and talk about a book. I'm not 
I'm not doing that, whatever. Um, fine. What should happen? What ideally happens though, is that company meetings, like, I don't know, we have, we have a huddle every day, um, seven minute meeting every single day, everybody on the team gathers for huddle, whether you're in the office or like the Toronto headquarters, or you're calling in from wherever you're working that day. Um, and, and what ends up happening is there's banter that happens where people will be like, oh, wasn't that hilarious last night at kickball when, you know, Taylor tripped and blah, blah, blah. And, and people sort of go, oh, that that's interesting. Or you talk about the book club or you talk about the company choir rehearsal and and people start to hear things that they're kind of missing out on. And maybe they'll want to be more engaged with that. So that's one thing. But but to your point, um, it's not actually just about these these sort of offerings are, I think, are really important. But how we operate on the day to day is also incredibly important. Let's start with recruiting and onboarding. H how fun are your job postings? Do they do they engage people right off the bat? Does anyone laugh out loud when they read a job posting? Even if you have a serious business, why can't we laugh out loud about something like you know what I mean? And when we get when we laugh, we are far more attracted to something with that. And if if it makes people go, that's weird, fantastic. You're clearly not the right fit for this organization, right? Um, so have your job posting really speak to who you are as an organization in terms of hiring. Have some fun with, we do group interviews at JAM. Um, those group interviews are really entertaining and really fun. Eight people sitting in the room, all vying for the same job. You might think that that's incredibly stressful. In fact, most people who have experienced it really enjoy it and, and love it. Um, even And they'll often will get emails from people going, even though I didn't get the job, I just want to say that was such a unique, fun experience. Um, onboarding. When we onboard an employee at JAM, they don't just walk in the door and and go meet their manager and sit down and start filling in forms. Everybody on our team is there to greet them. Ideally, if if either again either in person if they're coming into the office or virtually, um, we have a mix. So people when they walk in, they come in at ten o'clock on their first day, and our team is there wearing their jam hockey jerseys. All the veterans on our team, when they've hit one year with us, they get a jam hockey jersey. Their name is on the back, and their year is the number uh, that's on their jersey. If you're a rookie, you're wearing your jam hoodie. Everyone is lined up. We when we do our um, initial, you know, filling filling in of forms as people start on our team, we they they get asked, "What's your walk-up song? What's your favorite core value, etc." So they open the door, and the walk-up song is blaring, and our full team is there, high-fiving and cheering for this individual on their first day in the office. They come into the boardroom, and then they see there's like. 20 more people sitting on the boardroom screen, welcoming them to the team. We do three quick get to know you questions. They're always very silly questions. They're different every time. And that's just a quick like 10 minute, not even like seven minute welcome for this new teammate. And then they go with their team leader to sort of get settled in and start the training. And But what an amazing way to start your first day. It doesn't cost us anything to do that, but it's playful. It's fun. It's memorable. It's welcoming. Um, they immediately feel part of a community. So the, there's the thinking about your employee journey. How can you be making it more playful and engaging? Thinking about your day to day. How can you be running your meetings so they're more playful and engaging? At Jam, all of our meetings, we press play to start. So it's a literally a three minute 
connection point. It's whoever's leading the meeting. It's up to them what they're going to do. Sometimes I'm someone's going to tell a joke. Sometimes it might be we're going to solve a riddle. It could be whatever you want it to be. Have a little is maybe it's asking a simple question like it's Halloween tomorrow. What was everyone's favorite? I mean, I know it's not Halloween tomorrow, but um, let's just say it was. What was your what's your most memorable Halloween costume from when you were a kid? Like ask a simple question. You get to know each other. You have a little laugh together and then it's like, okay, let's get started. That three minute connection point is incredibly powerful because you're, it gets everyone in the room together. Again, this is virtual or in person. It gets them all focused on each other and then let's get the work done. Um, at, all our, at our meetings, we actually, all of our in-person meetings, we have a ball, a dodgeball sits on the table. And that ball gets passed around to whoever's turn it is to have the mic. I would have been holding the ball a very long time right now. I feel like I'm doing far too much talking here. Um, <laughs> but if it's if it's your turn to talk, you're holding the ball. And then when someone else is ready to talk, they might have thrown their hand up and you throw them the ball. Now it's their turn to talk. It's actually really powerful. It's playful to do this. It's powerful, be, powerfully to keep you engaged because people are sort of paying attention to where's the ball. Um, and it also... Um, gets you focused on not holding the ball too long because you're actually holding a physical object. So it helps people to keep from going on tangents. Really powerful, playful little tool that's all about the day-to-day. -day. So then it's like recognition stuff. And I know you guys do um, a lot of work around this, like the shout outs and we do a sh we do shout outs and we have that are all, all day, every day. There's great shout outs going on. We have a weekly top shelf teammate award. It's a little wooden hockey stick that gets passed around from one teammate to the other when they see great work being done. We have a monthly core value award. Everyone nominates someone on the team. They, again, it's optional. They don't have to, but we encourage most people do um, nominate someone for core value award. And we I read out all the core value nominations once a month as a presentation. And whoever got the most nom nominations that month wins core value award. We have a find a better way award every season. So we people can nominate themselves or their peers to win the find a better way award. Any innovation that happened during that season gets nominated. And then we have a vote um, and the top three winners of the find a better way award. They win $300 for first place, $200 for second place, $100 for third place. We do that three times a year. It's not super expensive, but the innovations that come from this are fantastic. Um, we do jammy awards annually. It's like our version of the Oscars. And, um, you know, we have just so much fun with, with recognizing, uh, and it doesn't have to be a super expensive thing that we're doing when we do brainstorming sessions, sometimes we'll build them out as, as a shark tank experience. So it's like this creative, playful way to run a brainstorming versus just a simple, okay, we're having a brainstorming. There's actually like judges and, uh, you're in teams. And so it's sort of a fun way of doing things communications, how you're communicating with your staff, how you're communicating with your customers. Are your emails entertaining anyone or are they just dull, boring, dry communication? Uh, is your social media, are your social media posts making anyone have a laugh or just dull, boring sales? You know, that's the kind of thing. There's just an opportunity everywhere you turn. There is opportunity to have a little more fun with the work we're doing. I love it. No, I have to say, we intentionally passed you the dodgeball, and we wanted you to hold the dodgeball for a long time because you are dispelling a lot of wisdom. So this was intentional. Um, so we just talked a lot about setting up 
the workplace culture for success with this play. And we also talked about moving that disengaged group to the engaged side. And I'm sitting here and I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of a skeptical people leader who's thinking, you know, I'm going to do all of this and we're going to play. But does that go too far? Does the work culture become too playful? And are we not getting work done? Because in reading your book, it definitely sounds like jams culture is very work hard play hard i can tell that you guys do both um so i guess how do you combat against that fear um that the workplace is just going to turn into too much of a playground and the work's not going to get done um yeah i think that's a really it's it's a fair concern i guess i think i think what i'm trying to highlight by what i was just speaking about is you know, these little initiatives that we do, having a ball in the meeting, it's not it's not taking away from the meeting, it's actually making the meeting more productive, right? I'm not saying stop everything and play a volleyball game. I'm saying run your meeting and have a ball there. Like, so that's, I think the, the point is, and your email, like if you're sending out email communications, you could send a boring email to your customers or to your staff. Are they going to be engaged to want to read it? Are they going to talk about it? Uh, and Or if you send an email that actually might make them laugh out loud, they might forward that to someone and go, look at this, isn't that funny? And all of a sudden you're building your brand awareness. So I challenge this idea that I don't want people to think, I'm not saying stop what you're doing and play ping pong all day. I will say if you have a ping pong table in your office, which we do, don't let it collect dust because that's simply virtue, virtue signaling. When you go into our office, often, not every day, but often at three o'clock, you'll hear someone yell around the world and everyone will jump up from their desks. If they can, they might be too busy doing something else. Jump up from their desk and you got like 20 people running around the ping pong table playing a game around the world. It's like a recess break. It takes about five minutes for the game of around the world. It's basically, you have one life. You, you, when you miss the ping pong, you're out. And you might sit and watch until the game finishes or you might go back to your desk. Um, what that does though, just like when we were kids in school, recess is there for a reason. Recess gives us an energizing break. It's a mini vacation. And that mini vacation energi energizes us to then go back to our desk and we're actually more focused, more energized, be more productive than we were when we were just like, oh, you know, that mid-afternoon lull that we all have experienced. Um, it's and it's what you're what it's powerful about it is it's not just going by yourself to grab a coffee. You're actually going with your 15 teammates and playing a quick game of around the world. Um, all of a sudden you've got this the energy level boost and you've been having some laughs together and you're fostering friendships in the process. So I never am upset you know, if if the ping pong game goes on for an hour, well, yeah, that's a problem. But five minutes, I don't think that's a problem at all. I think that should be encouraged, right? So it's definitely finding a balance. And I think um, the other thing I would point out is when people hear me talk, they're like, oh my God, like that's a lot. This has been 27 years of us creating a culture that we've been layering on and layering on and layering on. So this is, I think what's important to remind your listeners is fun is a philosophy. Fun and play in the workplace is, is a philosophy. It's not a, it's not a one and done. It's about promoting a feeling of, of being happy and, and excited to work at that organization. That's what this is all about. And if you can do that by starting to just gently introduce some fun, playful concepts 
don't try and dump all of this all at once because that will that would be disastrous. You know, start with it's about being intentional that we want to really start to improve the workplace culture here. And to uh, Neely's point earlier, when you do that, all those naysayers, if they really don't like it, they're going to self filter the leave. And that's actually not a bad thing, right? Um, you want people who want to fit, like be a complement to your organization and, and enjoy the culture. And if, if they're not the right fit, good riddance, like bye-bye. Um, so I, I don't know if that, if that, Kaylee, how you feel if, the, if a skeptical leader would buy into what I've just said or not, but that's my retort to that. I think you can't afford not to inject a little playfulness and fun. Yeah, no, I think it makes sense. And you brought up a good point of slowly layering this in because like you said, you can't just immediately adopt all of these things. These things employees will be overwhelmed. But, but yeah, it makes sense finding that balance. And like you said, it's not literally only ever stopping to do play. It's integrating the play into the work. So I think it's great. Yeah. And I think, I think also I would give a, a word of caution. Often business owners, entrepreneurs, CEOs, they, when they think of culture ideas, they tend to dump it on the HR teams and, and HR teams have um, HR people and culture, whatever your titles are, you know, they've got other really important work to do as well as caring about culture. And that's where I really encourage people to give a budget for these things because you don't want your HR and culture teams having to stop their important work and plan fun initiatives. Do There are so many great organizations out there doing team building events, doing culture consulting, like uh, running adult sports leagues. Like there are organizations like JAM all over the place that know what they're doing. They're really good at this and it can be done really efficiently and affordably. So help get, get some of those outsourced ideas integrated into your organization. Spend a little bit of money so that your so that your HR and culture team can actually focus on the other important work they have. And they then get to enjoy these initiatives. Because if you always dump the, the organizing and everything on the HR team, the HR team doesn't get to play themselves. And that's no fun. So you, I, I really encourage organizations to think about outsourcing some of this stuff um, so that the teams can enjoy this themselves, right? So Christy, it's like you're inside of my brain because um, you know the next couple of questions, I kind of wanted to pivot a bit. We've talked a lot about the tactics and sort of the, the ways in which you can inject some fun and play into the workplace to try to make you know small adjustments along the way. What I'd like to get into is more mindset for a leader. Um, and, and I guess I'll, I'll start it um, kind of selfishly and kind of tell my, my story a little bit. So I, I know that you've shared uh, openly your firsthand observation of your late father, uh, who was a leader that demonstrated both a solid work ethic, but then also valued laughter and playfulness. So he was able to find that balance and get things done uh, as an entrepreneur. So I guess with that firsthand experience, plus the work so far in your consultation, you know, what are the observations or encouragements you can provide a leader of people that worries about incorporating play at work and how that may diminish any sort of authority or respect that has been carefully groomed over several years, right? Having that professional esteem, you know, that executive presence, those kind of keywords, you know, is this a risk to that, um, to that character that they've built or how can they better incorporate this into building, you know, thriving, successful teams? Mm, very interesting. Um, 
Whew. So I will also touch on just to, to sort of praise this in in the mid 90s when I was in university college, I, I ran a franchise, a student painting franchise. I was it was my business and I had hired 10 painters and halfway through the summer, half my painters quit, uh, which meant I had to stop marketing. I had to stop production. I had to focus instead on recruiting and training and rehiring and and then start again. And I was it, it was crushing. Uh, summer's not a long time. So it really put a halt in my production. I talked to my dad, uh, who you referenced earlier, and I said, you know, I, th- like, what's going on? And, and I realized um, in talking with my dad that I was being a bit of a dictator. That's why my painters quit. I wasn't being I wasn't being my true self. I was like, it's all business. And I, I wasn't getting to know them as people and friends. I wasn't caring about them as I was like these people are a means to the end for me to get hit my targets. I didn't engage with them on my vision or give them any incentives around my hitting my goals. Um, I was a dictator and it wasn't, I don't think I was a very nice person to work for. And I learned really quickly, I got to change. So that second half of that summer, uh, I was dropping off popsicles to people's job sites. I, when they had to work late, I was out there with a barbecue, grilling up hot dogs and burgers to keep those painters happy. I was taking them out to t- laser tag on a Saturday, you know, to have some team building. I learned really young, how, my dad, because my dad said to me, "People are your priority. If you don't have people, you've got nothing." And he's right. He was right. Um, so I learned, thankfully, pretty young. And those painters in that second half of the summer actually all came back and worked for me for two more years without quitting. Um, So I learned a great lesson then. And so culture became a big priority as I was starting Sport and Social Club, now JAM. And to that to that question about the, um, you know, a leader not wanting not wanting to lose respect, I actually would think I believe it does quite the opposite because my I like to laugh. I mean, who doesn't like to laugh? Have you ever met? Have you ever met anyone who would actually say, "No, no, I don't like to laugh. Like that's just not me." And maybe those people are out there. I'm pretty sure I don't want to work for them or work with them. I love to laugh, and so I also love to be my true, authentic self. I don't like being fake, and I don't want to be friends with people who are fake and not their true, authentic selves. So when I go to work every day, I want to be who I truly am, and I want my team to respect me for who I am. And I think they actually do more because I'm my true authentic self. I'm not faking to be something, you know, I'm not trying to pretend I'm someone I'm not. I'm just, I'm just Christy. I work hard. I'm really passionate about connecting people through play. I want to grow my business. I have a vision to get a hundred, to get a million people playing every year. That's going to take a lot of hard work, but while we're on this journey, let's have some fun getting there. Um, cause it's a long journey and yeah. So I just think, you know, it's about, it's about making sure that people are respect me for who I am and that I want to, I'm taking my business seriously, my work seriously, but not myself, if that makes sense. That's, that's sort of what I try and encourage leaders to do is take your work seriously, but not yourselves. Like have some fun. Life's too short not to laugh. So obviously having fun and authenticity are big themes here. What about some other um, traits that you believe are important for a successful coach on a team? Mm, Traits for a successful coach. Um, Remember that we have two ears and one mouth. 
And I think it's a good reminder to use them in that ratio. So listen more than we speak. Double. Listen double <laughs> to what you speak. Uh, ask a lot of questions and be incredibly curious. I think um, when we are curious as a coach, it will really tell us a lot about how our employees are feeling and how we can help them grow uh, themselves. Further, the most successful coaches on my team are the ones who are constantly grooming and teaching their teammates. Uh, they're not afraid to find, to groom their replacement, basically, which is kind of making them incredibly, as we're growing, and if I have a, a leader on my team, a coach who's who's teaching the people on their teams how to replace them in their job, it makes me be able to move them up further. And so it's a powerful, it's a really hard thing for some people to wrap their heads around because they're like, well, wait, if I teach, if I teach them how to do my job, they're going to give, I could be out of a job. Um, quite the opposite. If you're going to help the company grow, you're going to move into an even bigger, more important role, I believe. So like, I think that that's a mentality shift that can be really powerful for uh, coaches within an organization to have. Yeah. Thank you, Christy. And, and obviously we have uh, a very large space in our hearts uh, reserved for recognition and gratitude. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of recognizing those daily wins and maybe not necessarily being always focused on the scoreboard at the end, but being able to recognize the efforts uh, and the contributions along the way? And, and how does that uh, act as positive motivators for the team? Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like having a little bit of a, a little bit of, you know, um, recognition for great work, right? I mean, it's, and it, some people don't necessarily want it uh, publicly like a spotlight shot on them, which is why, you know, we we use a shout out channel. And I think recognition probably it's, there's some similar shout out type tools um, where you can shout out great work being done. What I like all the time. I did two shout outs this morning. Um, one was we just finished our year end. And I know my finance team, it was a grind, like it was three months of grind for them, on top of sort of the everyday stuff. So I just was like, hey, we are like 97.2% of the way to being done our year end thing. Just a huge shout out to a couple people on the finance team, because they've really grounded out on, um, you know, really GSD is one of our core values, get shit done. They've really been getting shit done um, to get through this, this time. And another shout out um, was for Chasing the Vision. One of our employees, uh, Noel, found found some amazing new venues. We had oversold a sports league, which is highly unusual. There was a mistake that got made. Um, and I loved that the, the leader on our team who actually made the mistake owned their mistake, publicly owned their mistake. That takes a huge amount of vulnerability, I think. Um, and I, and I, I actually have to remind myself, I got to make sure I tell Jen, I'm really impressed that she did that. Cause I think it's a really, it's a great thing to do. Um, so, so she, she owned her mistake that she oversold this league. And then she also took the opportunity to say, and instead of having to call these four teams or six teams to tell them we'd made a mistake, I want to shout out Noel because Noel scrambled and found a new venue for us to get these teams playing, which actually means now like that new venue, it's going to be recurring revenue for years now. Um, it's six teams this season, but it's going to be over and over and over again. And that's the, you know, Noel's just, he's all about chasing the vision to get a million people playing. And so I love that Jen shouted out Noel 
a really simple thing to that was just today, right? Little shout outs that I wouldn't have known that Noel had done that if Jen hadn't shouted that out. And so um, I, and, and other people wouldn't have known how hard Sandy and Marianne have been working on the year end if I hadn't shouted them out. And so it's a way for the whole team to sort of see great work being done. It's a really beautiful, powerful way to share gratitude with others and highlight great things being done by the team. And it gives a really beautiful sense of community, I think. Yeah, so awesome. Um, before we wrap today, I would love if you could share how people can connect with you if they want to learn more um, about Jam or any of your other consulting and speaking. So just let us know where our listeners can connect. Yeah, awesome. Well, two, so two websites. Um, my personal website is christyherald.com. So that's K-R-I-S-T-I-H-E-R-O-L-D, christyherald.com. And by the way, for your listeners, um, we do, I do have uh, a give if, if they would like, there's a, a link for them to go to christyherald.com forward slash recognition 25. And if they go to that link, there's a playbook PDF that they can download for free. It's a 10 page PDF, which is 10 ways to integrate play into the workplace. And inside that PDF, there's a promo code for 25% savings. If any of your listeners would like to try a jam virtual event, an in-person team building event, maybe put in a corporate sports team in one of our leagues, um, use the use that code and give it a try and get a 25% savings. So that's christyherald.com. And then my the corporate uh, website is jam group, J-A-M group.com. If they'd like more information on um, the team building, on the sports leagues, it's all there. And my book, the book information is all at the christyherald.com website, by the way. There's a link about my, if they need, if people are looking for a keynote speaker um, on how to improve workplace culture or their, you know, one of my talks is uh, work friends with benefits. Um, <laughs> um, or uh, if they're looking for more book information, both of those are at the christyherald.com site. Awesome. Well, Chrissy, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate you taking the extended time with us. Uh, I think uh, the things that you're passionate about are things uh, that are absolutely needed, especially in today's workplace. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing and for joining us today. Pleasure. Thanks so, so much for having me, you guys. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us today. And special thanks to The Fracture and Jay Matthews for their original music. Stay tuned for more episodes coming out every week that will touch on the topics that are important to HR and people leaders like you. If you have any recommendations or feedback, or if you are looking to partner on creating a more engaging recognition program, you can contact us at podcast at recognition.com. And as always, thank you. Thank you.